Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan, North Carolina 77, Georgia Tech 54. Sherelle, we can do this about any way we want to, but I kind of want to break it up into the good, bad, and ugly. But your overall thoughts, Carolina's win over Georgia Tech. Yeah, mainly was they got out of Atlanta with the win, which we know in multiple sports has been very difficult for North Carolina over the last, you know, 20, 25 years. So anytime you can go down there and win, considering uh, they just had a week off, you know, they played really well the last time they played. So maybe they read about how good they were over the break and um, there was some weather potential down there in Atlanta. So just all that coming together, you, you thought maybe they would get out to a little bit of a slow start. And it wasn't pretty in the first few minutes. But, um, you know, after, I guess, the first 10 minutes or so, they kind of put their stamp on the game. And then the first 10 minutes of the second half just, you know, kind of went crazy <laughs> and uh, busted open a, a seven-point lead up to about 22 and the game was over watching it in the first half, they looked like a team that had been off for eight days. And we talked about it last time we spoke about the sort of the weird break here in the middle of the ACC. And once they knocked it off, they got it going. But in the first half, yeah, I, I thought it was a struggle. And I thought Luke May, we'll start with the ugly part first. I thought Luke May really struggled at least handling the basketball and shooting the basketball. Any effects of the break on him, you think? Or you just it's just one of those nights? Yeah, we're starting with the ugly, you know, 15 turnovers, I think 10 of which came in the first half. So they did a better job in the second half of, you know, limiting those mistakes. Um, but, but the two seniors, you know, it's kind of, it's becoming a theme that you really can't get much from them consistently, back-to-back games when it comes to turnovers. Uh, Luke had five and Kenny had three. And Kenny's three were just, you know, it wasn't like he was driving through the lane and dishing over somebody's head. He was just throwing it to the other team. Um, so I, I think that's something to be concerned about if you're North Carolina, that the turnovers continue. They have done a good job the last few games of keeping it, um, you know, uh, respectable in the second half as far as turnovers. But I think 15 is just too many, against it, even against a team like Georgia Tech, who is very good defensively. Um, because they're not turnovers of aggression. They're just turnovers of just, I don't know. I don't know if you want to call it laziness or just carelessness or what. But um, they're just turnovers that you can't have when you're playing better teams. Yeah, Kenny Williams, three turnovers. Luke May, five. Uh, Kenny Williams, 20 minutes. Nazir Little, 22 minutes. Uh, I mean, that is different for Roy Williams. Your thoughts on that? Just the, I was surprised that Kenny sat as much as he did. I didn't hear anything about his health. Uh, but 20 minutes for the senior, one of five shooting. Like you mentioned, the two seniors, but those minutes, man, that's interesting. Yeah, I think it's more uh, about, you know, Kenny didn't wasn't playing well. And I think Roy Williams was making a point like, you know, I don't care who you are, how much I love you. You can't just go in the game and turn the ball over. So I, I think that was part of it. And then, you know, to his credit, Kenny does other things when he's not scoring or um, when he's struggling. He, you know, he had three assists and they were all were good plays. And a couple of times where he drove into the teeth of the defense and, you know, that helped collapse things, you know, kind of the hockey assists. So he 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 did some things that were good, um, but you know the timers were just too much. So, but I, I think those guys will be fine. You know, we've seen them play bad and then bounce back and have terrific games. So I, I think they'll do that again um, on Saturday. Let's talk about the good before we go to commercial break. The good, Kobe White five for nine from three, Cam Johnson four for six from three. 
Dan Bonner, West Durham both said it during the broadcast. When North Carolina shoots it like that, they're going to be tough to handle, especially um, when they get it rolling like they did in the first part of the second half. Yeah, well, you see what Cam can do. So it was, it was really was, it was uh, Kobe took over for a little bit, and then Cam took over for a little bit, and then kind of flip flop. But I mean. Uh, Cam Johnson, 22 points on 10 shot, you know, in in a world where, you know, you have guys going nine for 30 and 10 for 38. It's nice to see that level of efficiency. Part of it's because, you know, he hit four threes, um, but he just takes quality shots. And he's been so dialed in with the exception of um, the two games after he kind of had the cramp issue against NC State. I mean, he just had a terrific season. And, uh, you know, as we move forward, you know, having Cam shooting that well just opens everything up. And then if Kobe continues to play like he has the last three or four games, you know, you'll start to see some spacing. You'll start to see driving lanes open up because teams will be so scared of those two just pulling up and, and you know, burying them. Kobe from the wing is nasty. I saw Adrian Atkinson's stat on Twitter about his wing threes, and he certainly raised that tonight. I think he was – I don't think he missed from the wings maybe once. A couple of those, man, they just they didn't they didn't touch anything. They just went straight through. It was like he just dropped it from the top <laughs> over the top of the rim. It was pretty it was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, he he is the heat check of all heat checkers and his <laughs> heat checks go in. But let me let me ask you about the eight assists. That eight assists, two turns. We've talked about and a lot of people have made uh a point to talk about his assist turnover ratio is just not as good as it has been for a lot of the North Carolina point guards, but he goes eight and two tonight. He's really figuring it out as far as how to push, how to pull, how to go, how to give it up tonight showed that I thought. Yeah. And when you're hitting threes like that, you know, you force defenders to come up on you. You can drive by them. And when you drive by them, help side defenders come. And when help side defenders come, somebody's open for a three or open for a dunk. And it really is that simple that when he starts going and getting a shot, um, you know, to drop, it opens everything else for everybody else. And I think another thing, too, with eight assists, people just did not think he could play point guard in Roy Williams' system. And if you go back to his recruitment, I guess maybe the first five or six months after he committed as a um, before his junior season, it was, yeah, they want me to come in and play some combo guard, play both positions. And then towards the, I guess, the middle of his, uh, the middle to beginning of his senior season, you started to hear him say, yeah, you know, he thinks, Coach Williams thinks I'm a point guard. And Roy Williams said in his, you know, uh, signing day press conference that Kobe's a point guard. So I think people were like, well, maybe Roy Williams is reaching a little bit on this one. But I, you're starting to see that he does have that passing ability. It's just that in high school, he was demanded to score. You know, it was demanded on him to score so much that he didn't really have time to set up teammates, but he has the ability, and I think he's shown it. Yeah, that's you mentioned his high school, 3,600 points. I don't know how many games he played, but think about if he played 100 basketball games in high school. He had to come out every night and score 36 points a night. Right. He ain't, he ain't passing. <laughs> right. What is it? High school's eight minute quarters. He's not passing in high right. school. So. Right. So just because he didn't show it in high school, you know, doesn't mean he couldn't do it. And I think Roy Williams saw that. Absolutely. Let's take a short break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the ugly and maybe a little bit of recruiting or something, something else that maybe we hadn't thought of lately on these shows. We'll be right back. Sherelle, let's talk about the ugly. Um, we mentioned the bad. Or, or the bad or the ugly, whichever we we want to call the negative, I think this will be the bad because the ugly was May and Kenny Williams earlier. Uh, Leaky Black goes down with what appeared to be a significant 
a sprained ankle. I was literally about to tweet, we are entering the stage of North Carolina just needs to get out of Georgia Tech healthy. Mm -hmm. And that happens. Your thoughts, I've seen a lot of young guys sprain an ankle and they think it's a lot worse than it is. But perhaps it is an issue moving forward to Louisville. How does that affect North Carolina, especially the way Leakey's been playing? Well, you know, it, it takes away an option. Um, we talked about the backup point guard spot. We talked about that, which, you know, to his credit, Seventh Woods only played eight minutes, but he did. I mean, he, he did exactly what you would want him to do in those in those eight minutes. He had the dunk, he had a rebound, and he had an assist, and he didn't have a turnover. So that's, you know, if you're – if you're saying, what do you want from your backup point guard? If you're Roy Williams, that, that was it. Um, so with Leakey, you know, you lose that. And then Leakey took some time from Kenny. There, so when Kenny came out after a couple of those turnovers, it was Leakey who came in. And they went with the the Leakey, Kobe, Nasir, uh, Cam, and we'll rotating the other person out, that lineup, which, you know, seems to be uh, something that's gaining steam. So I, I think it it limits what you can do in the backcourt. Um, you'll just see maybe a couple more minutes of Seventh Woods and a couple more minutes of Brendan Robinson if he's uh, if he misses a little bit. You mentioned but we, Brendan. You know, you, you hope he's okay because it, it did look it did look like a, a rough ankle turn. Yeah, and you know it's funny with the schedule. You're like, oh, they've got eight days off between these games and the last game, and you're relatively healthy through that point, and then it happens right when the schedule's starting to get pretty consistent maybe he'll get maybe it's not as bad as it looked if it is as bad as it looked maybe it'll heal quickly I think Carolina needs him to perform um, and if he starts stealing minutes from upperclassmen that shows how much Roy Williams thinks of his play let me turn to a, a guy that you mentioned on Twitter so I'm gonna ask you about it Brandon Robinson three for four shooting hit a deep three which he's he selects his shots well um, so he does shoot a good percentage but Robinson seven points tonight in 18 minutes he's he's coming along yeah he is and um just think about if you know 18 minutes is probably more than he's played the majority of the season so think about for him um coming into the game knowing you're only going to get 10 or 11 minutes and the pressure that adds to the shots that you do take because you know you're only going to get two or three if things work the way they're supposed to um, so the fact that he's hitting those with that kind of pressure, um, I think says a lot about what he's able to do, um, how hard he's worked. And it just, it, to me, it goes to show how players get better and that um, even though it's easy to, we shouldn't really write off anyone um, until they're until they're gone. Because, you know, it seemed like Robinson wasn't really improving. You were wondering where he was going to fit into this rotation. And he's carved out a, a pretty interesting niche for North Carolina. Um, knocking down shots, being the energy guy. Um, he had a couple of nice passes where he made really good decisions. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that was fun for him playing in front of his home crowd. Um, he's from not far by. So all those things help. And, you know, one thing you have to consider is that this is just as important for next year's team as it is this year's team because, um, you know, North Carolina hasn't, um, the 2019 class hasn't gone the way it really expected. And so they're going to need to replenish some stuff on the wing. But if Brandon Robinson is playing so well, then that's one less need they have in the immediate uh, future in 2019. So it bodes well for him to continue to play um, this style, both for this season and for next season. You set it up perfectly on the recruiting front. Just we're late January now. and We've talked a lot about um, a lot of decisions will be coming over the spring and either late spring, maybe even early summer ish. But your thoughts 
on Carolina's recruiting front right now, 2019 class, what to maybe look forward to, what can people check out on Inside Carolina Premium Message Boards um, on that front? Roy Williams was busy this past week for sure. Yeah, so the main thing we're tracking now is in-season, um, you know, it's a lot of calling guys and, and giving them offers if, if Roy Williams sees what he likes and he takes advantage of. Anytime there's three or four or five or eight, like this last time, days in between the break, he's going to get out on the road and start recruiting because this is something he enjoys to do to get into gyms and just, you know, watch guys play. So he was in uh, a few places. He <laughs> he checked in on uh, his, you know, a few of his 2019 guys. He went and saw Matt Hurt up in Minnesota. Um, uh, he went down to Florida to see uh, Preston Chuoe, who is a wing that North Carolina offered, I think, in, you know, kind of early January, something like that. Um, and then he went and looked at a few 2020 guys, uh, Walker Kessler, who actually is down there in Atlanta, um, Williams saw him twice in two days. So that kind of tells you how they feel about him. And, uh, I think his recruitment is going to really start to pick up for on the North Carolina side. And then they also went to Texas to see a 2024 Greg Brown. Um, his dad actually played for Mac Brown at Texas, uh, back in the day. And uh, he is a dynamic athlete, a great scorer, can just do a lot of things. Uh, so I think you'll see – he could pick up an offer. So I think you'll see North Carolina try to get him in, in on an official visit here uh, over the next few months. So that's kind of where they're at now. Still waiting on Cole Anthony, Keon Brooks, Matt Hurt, uh, and Precious to make their decisions this spring. Interesting stuff. Great stuff. Sherelle McMillan, Carolina – Beats Georgia Tech to go 4-0 and on the road in the conference. First time that's happened in a while. Uh, and it's tough to win on the road. Just check out the Cavaliers and NC State going down to the wire as we wrap this podcast. Sherelle, it's always a pleasure. Hope we talk again soon. Yeah, Tommy, thanks, man. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.